Hey there, this is Kat Stancic with the Revenue Accelerator. I'm the lead boss, and I have today with us Kachina Goslin. Now, she graduated from MIT mm, with a degree in aerospace, so like pretty smart. <laughs> now, she became an entrepreneur and later a coach focusing on helping entrepreneurs systematize and streamline their business, which y'all know I love. Now, she, at the start of the pandemic, she niched down to building out signature courses so that she could focus on helping more business owners pivot to working online, a huge demand and need at the time. Now, this is a piece that I absolutely love. She helps expert escape the expert's dilemma. We're going to talk about that in just a second to build and launch quality courses that help them add more semi-passive slash passive revenue, because, you know, it depends on how you build, you build out your business and your uh, platform uh, so that they can add that to their business so that they can focus on their zone of genius. Yes, please. And stop burning out and spending more time with what matters most living life to the absolute fullest. Kachina, thank you today for coming on and sharing your brilliance. Thank you, Kat. I'm excited to be here. So tell us a little bit more about this quote unquote experts dilemma. Um, what, what are people experiencing when it comes to, I don't know, being an expert or I'm not going to spoil or alert this. So just answer the initial question. <laughs> so as you know, I'm very excited about courses, but the people that we attract are really, really good at what they do. And if you happen to be good at what you do, you forget what it's like to be a beginner. So you sit down to go to create your course and you're like, but I could talk about this forever. And that is usually the problem. You have so much content out there. You live and breathe your work. But the expert's dilemma is basically how you get out of your kind of creative um, roadblock, like mm. your writer's block, so to speak. And what we really try to encourage our experts to do is think about the experience from the client's perspective. Remember what it was like when you were first learning about this topic. So you often try to teach too much um, and you get into those little like, nuanced things people start yawning and then you forget some of the bigger ones because it's so common that you forget that the beginner doesn't know that term or hasn't explored that concept so the expert dilemma is really kind of having a beginner's mind in approaching your course creation yeah yeah I, I really appreciate that. Um, what do you see as people struggling with when it comes to whether or not they're identifying themselves an expert like is it just as simple as you have something that you're authoritatively can speak on? Is it you have to energetically claim it? Like there's different diversity of opinions in terms of what qualifies an expert and what doesn't. Does it, is it a PhD, right? Like, and I know you work with a variety of different people. So the answer is no to a lot of this. But right, no, we do have clients that have PhDs. And that first thing I would say is that we all have imposter syndrome. So you're probably overthinking it a little bit, right? So if you are good enough at what you do that you love talking about it and people come to you for insight. So people are always like, you're that person in the group. People, I was talking to somebody the other day, he's like, I'm really good at talking about interviewing and everybody does it wrong. Well, like whatever niche topic people come to you for advice, it's like you're better at the people around you. And very often we need teachers that are a couple of steps ahead who can relate to the journey we're in. So when we say expert, you don't have to have the PhD, you don't have to have the book, although like eventually we can aim to get there. You just need to be a step ahead of your audience. And in a way you can be relatable and to teach them what they need to know at the time that they're ready to learn it. Uh, I love that. I mean, it really comes down to your ability to talk about a subject matter with confidence and see a trend in terms of what people are doing right, what people are doing wrong and having an opinion that you can back with 
substantial, I mean, I don't want to say any substantial, but really unique tips, tricks, strategies that help someone get a bigger result. And isn't that enough? Yeah. And another thing that I would say is like, right now we're in a big transformation. Like so many people are leaving their jobs during the great resignation. So a lot of people who come to us who already step into the expert title, because hmm. if you sit here and say, I'm the best of the world at, you're kind of, you know, that's your ego talking, right? One of the things I like to talk about is an expert does have to have authority and authority isn't claimed, it's given which Mm. means like you can claim the expert title, but then people have to give you authority and say, invite you to write that book or to be on that podcast that you can actually kind of um, put some weight behind that claim. But so many people are leaving their jobs. And so they have like 10, 20 years of experience. Very often we work with um, women entrepreneurs who just happen to be a little older because they've accumulated expertise. They've accumulated experience. And for them, it's just to acknowledge how much they've learned. And so that's really empowering. Like if you say you've only been in a job for a couple of years, but you saw a lot of insights and you think those insights are true and nobody's talking about them. Well, then you're an expert the world needs in that area because it's not how long have you been studying it? It's how insightful have you been and how confident are you in communicating that? Yeah. Oh, so good. So you help them with building out their courses. And what I really appreciate that you do and, and think it's a huge competitive advantage is it's not just in creating the course because you can start and stop with that. And there's plenty of businesses who do that, but you take it to the next level in terms of really helping them actually monetize the course, coming up, coming up with a strategy that supports them in terms of, let's just call it what it is, you're launching, right? So you're taking this concept. So whether they have a course that they created before and they completely check it and create a new one, or they modify that one, there is this expertise that's now been translated into a course that gets someone results that doesn't kick them into overwhelm so that they don't complete it. What is, what is it that's different about what you do versus just saying, Hey, here's a sales page. I'm just going to email some people and hope and pray and close my eyes that someone buys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you, you were exactly spot on. We have a four-step process. The first step is to create that quality content. And hopefully when you're creating your content, you're listening to your audience and your community because you're going to have your kind of what I call your true and your raving fans, the people mm. who are really kind of pulling that information from you, the people who are kind of dropping in, asking you for a cup of coffee and picking your brain. Those people are really passionate and they're probably going to invest in what you're going to build next if you're speaking to their concerns, right? So you go to your audience and you listen when you create your course content, but we don't stop there. The next thing we do, obviously there's some marketing involved, help build out sales funnels and do social media marketing. But what I've kind of laid out is you build out this kind of like ladder of accessibility. So you start with the course, that's the middle of our sales funnel. And then usually if you're coaching or a consultant, you've been in um, business for a while, you probably have some higher ticket services. So the course leads into your higher ticket VIP services, your retreats, your speaking opportunities, like all of those kind of tack on as higher price alternatives to the course. For people who can't afford your course, we then drop, um, create lighthouse offers and freebies. And the reason why is what you're trying to do, this is the number one problem that I have with my clients, is they're very heart-centered and service-oriented. So the first thing they do is they fall in love with their audience. They're like, oh, I'm an expert at this. Everybody, I need to help everybody get in shape. I need to help everybody save their marriage. And they're like, great, I should start supporting people in this way. And then they're like, well, I get so many people telling me they can't afford that. And they're working mothers and this and that. And so they keep dropping their prices until they're basically... Um, competing at the bottom of the barrel. They're not earning enough money to actually legitimately continue to run their business. 
So you start with the course and then you create these lower price offers below the course that lead organically into it. So you nurture your audience. And what that means is that when somebody says, no, I can't take that course, it's too expensive. You say, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Here's something else. It, it fits perfectly with the course. When you're ready, you can come back. And what that means is that for your entire audience, you have offers, they get to choose at the level of accessibility they want to access you. And then for that, how do you have a successful launch? We've noticed again and again, our clients have five figure launches and you'd be really surprised. It doesn't mean they have a huge Instagram following or a huge email list. It's really because they cater to those true and raving fans, the few people that are really like passionate about what they're doing. So I would really nurture those core relationships, makes it very easy to keep track of them. They're the people that like every other day, you're like, oh, I found a new tip for you. Like, do you want, how, how did this one land? So they're the kind of ones that are going to help you create your course content. And when you sell them into the offer and then you create a nurture sequence, you're going to have this natural funnel, organic relationships, just building and building until people are in a position where they can afford to invest more to be close to you. Right. I mean, and that's a little bit of your own evolution in terms of where you started out as working at high ticket, realizing that there's your, you have an ability to be able to help more people. And so you're modifying the offer to help people kind of come to you with where they are at versus forcing them into this next level that they may or may not be ready for just because you have the power (laughs) to be able to help someone get to a higher level. Yes. It's really about fitting the right person with the right offer so that, right. We're valuing the person that when they're ready to step up to that next level, which is usually a higher investment, they can, because they've gotten the wins. And that's part of what your process kind of focuses on. It focuses on is making sure that these people who are buying these courses or buying that, that, that kind of hybrid approach. And I know you're going to talk a little bit about that, get a result and not just this overwhelming amount of information that just keeps them in stuck. Yeah. And so, I mean, we put everything we teach into practice and I think that's a good policy. So like when you find a proven process, I find when I skip steps, it doesn't work as Mm. well either. Um, So we have everything from these launch and learn workshops, which we do where you can kind of just ask questions. And if you aren't ready to invest, we can at least help you take the next step to having our own standalone um, signature course creator course, which is more like Um, removed, right? But what you're talking about is we really took off working with these experts, getting five-figure launches. We've made so much money for our high-ticket clients that we really realized what we wanted is a community model. So that's when we created the Elevated Expert Mentorship. And it really is, you know, you'll notice this when you create your own courses, because something we were going to talk about is there's so many, I, I feel bad every time I see this, there are so many times that I verified expert like PhD like expert speaker comes to me and I'm like great you have a course where is it and it's on Thinkific for less than $200 and I'm like take that down like off the internet that is you're cheapening your work and so what we do with our clients is we're like okay we need to convince you that you're worth more and then we have to help you build community around your course. And so the reason why people complete these courses, the reason why people have these five figure launches is because there is a social accountability aspect Mm. to our course creation process. And that's why we also launched the Elevated Expert Mentorship. So as I said, we put our own principles in practice. We found that was a more enjoyable way for people to go through the process. Practice. So, you know, community is, is, there's all kinds of different communities that I see, you know, online. There's some that are like crickets, 
no one's commenting, no one's engaging. Uh, you know, we're talking, let's, let's go to Facebook, right. In terms of where most groups are, I'm not going to talk about LinkedIn groups. <laughs> so, um, you know, so how do you create an engaged community other than just posting consistently? Um, I know you talked a little bit about like, I'm gonna let you go into it, but in terms of really hearing, you know, your, your raving fans, your ambassadors, sometimes is what I call them. So again, how do you create engagement in your community or, or, or find those raving fans? You know what? I think that's a great question because I have to learn this all the time too. Um, what made our program really take off was vulnerability. When you show up and you create a space for people, um, and then you, there, there would be days where I would get on a call because we have these freedom Friday calls where it's a social call and we kind of encourage each other. When we just talk about wins, you know, if somebody's had a bad week, they're going to be quiet. When you talk about struggles, everybody opens up and they start helping each other. And I think sometimes, and this might be, you know, when you talk about expert, you kind of feel like, well, the expert is without flaws. The expert doesn't, never says, I don't know. Is that when you have vulnerability matched with experience and knowledge is that people really start breaking down those walls and they start lifting each other up because I think there's something really bonding with seeing somebody show a little bit of humility and vulnerability that makes it a little less intimidating for other people to do the same and then when they lift each other up it's a lot more bonding than it is you know when when you're in a virtual classroom like or in a virtual community and there's a hundred people and only two people raise their hand and be like, I'm winning and I'm just the best. And I just got everything perfect. You're like, I'm not going to tell them that I'm struggling or that, you know, I learned something, but I kind of doubt myself now. So I would say in your community, not only can I cultivate those people who are naturally a little bit more extroverted or a little bit more good at drawing people out because those are your ambassadors. Um, but be willing as the expert to lead with vulnerability and show them that it's okay. And then they will support each other. Mm. Oh, awesome. So, you know, I mean, we're kind of, I'm going on that week because it's just totally me. <laughs> I'm going all over the place. But um, one of the things that you talked about in terms of, you know, you creating a course and you're creating community and you're making sure that the course is right sized in terms of getting a result. But what is an expert actually, how do you figure out what goes in the course to make it right size to get a result, tapping back into what you talked about of making sure that it's not, you know, step 10, that you're really looking at step one, two, and maybe even three, um, you know, for, for someone. So like, how do you create a course that really actually gets results? Yeah. You know what? I think that's where it helps to be in community. And that's what the mentorship is all about, because Mm. the more courses we see, the easier it is to kind of we get to look at you from an external perspective and help you shine. And it's very hard to kind of do that um, work by yourself. Um, that said, uh, what we try to do is really constrain and define what a signature course is. And when you really kind of offer some constraints, this is where kind of creativity is born. Um, you would think that if it's all open-ended, you, you could do anything, um, that that would be best, but we all know we kind of get overwhelmed by possibility. So a signature course for us is a six module course. It's designed to be taken in six, over the course of six weeks, self-study. So we assume only say an hour, maybe two of um, involvement from the client customer. So right from the beginning, you're thinking, okay, what's happening in the lives of your customer? Well, they're busy, they're stressed, they're organizing this time, they're organizing for the holidays, or maybe their kids are in school, or maybe there's something else happening. 
So the first thing you have to do is go, okay, I have a lifetime of experience. Most of us like, you know, we're creatives, you know, we're always coming up with insights. So you have a lifetime of experience and you need to drill it down to six weeks and really just about like six hours of content. And then you break it down even further. We like to have three lessons per module. And you're like, okay, within those constraints, you just have to start saying no to things. And then what are you gonna focus on? At the end of the day, you wanna focus on the client experience. You have to help them get that one transformation that they trust you enough that they're curious about the other things that you teach. And so you really have to ask yourself, like, if I was only going to spend a couple hours with somebody like me and I wanted to get them one result, it would have to actually move the needle in their life. It would have to have an impact on their life. So you have to imagine then that they have to take action on what you teach. And this is where courses aren't like college courses. You're not just learning for the sake of learning. Usually you're learning for the sake of taking action to see a short-term result. So really focus on the client experience. The first few modules are usually kind of an orientation, getting a sense of what they want to get out of it, which in itself is market research. So you ask about like how we make sure that we're selling while we're building the course. Uh, the first part of the course is like setting intentions, getting a sense of what they're trying to get out of it. And then you're going to teach them some basic principles. Then you help guide them through some action. And here's one of the important things I try to teach my clients. You don't like build up your course, module six, go take action. Because what if they fail, right? So you want to address things like your client tries to uh, change their diet, but then falls off the wagon two weeks later. Great. If you just left them at falls off the wagon, they're going to be like, I didn't really stick. The expert must be wrong. So you have to address the client experience of what does failure look like or what does support look like. Mm -hmm. And we usually end with acknowledging that you can't teach everything in six weeks, acknowledging that there's farther to go. And that's where this course is then perfectly positioned within a sales funnel for what does further look like but you haven't kind of left them just with the teachings just with the philosophy you left them with something practical that you can take action on mm, that's so great so I mean you know I'm the lead boss so I'm always curious what are your mechanisms for generating leads for your business and what's the next level vision for you and what you're trying to do and trying and the people you're trying to work with yeah. So, I mean, we have all of these tools that we recommend for our clients, um, but, you know, we've dabbled in ads, but what we really found is that we have this sales funnel of, we allow people to choose their accessibility to us. So we've got the launch and learn workshops and we've got our own, um, some planners and some other uh, kind of low ticket items to help people make the decision that they're ready for a course. Uh, but what we've really found, and this is what I love, and this is what I think our clients also find is that when you focus on your true and raving fans, our business has exploded from word of mouth. Um, so I read your book, Cat Experts Never Chase. And since buying that book and then reading it and just watching my business grow, uh, we are booked out and have been booked out for the entire summer. So the challenge for us was to create more of that group cohort experience. And really right now we are focusing a lot on our partnerships because what we found is that um, experts and brilliant people lift up the people around them, um, have a constant stream of new introductions. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I mean, it really hits on the philosophy. And I think that a lot of people who are looking to create those high level courses or experiences, and I, I know that you also talk about, and actually let's talk about it. 
um, which is a course. And just to clarify, isn't necessarily just a modular non-touch experience. You have different levels in terms of prices. And I know you recommend that the initial course, which is com- basically completely removed except for the community to be at at least $600, but you go up to tens of thousands of dollars as well in terms of the quote unquote course or the kind of launch that you help your clients achieve. So what is your recommendation for the right mix for people in terms of that, that diversity of access? Yeah. So um, we want to give you some practical tips. And I do think the same way that we constrain our definition of signature course, we have some very clear guidelines on pricing. So the first thing I'll say is um, if $600 makes you scared, you, you're working through some imposter syndrome or a money mindset issue, because I can tell you uh, I've bought courses <laughs> Uh, across the board. And if you have something of value, there is somebody out there, I don't care if they're in a tough financial situation, who would be willing to pay $600 for quality material. Um, We recommend about that $600 to $1,200 mark is going to be a course without access to you. And very often we try to get our clients above that $1,000 mark for their standalone self-study course is what we call it. Um, obviously we talked about community and one of the things that we encourage is to have a back-end community. So even if you're not doing say like mastermind cohort, you can kind of have that Facebook group or we've got, I'm in a couple with Slack communities, um, just to encourage that implementation of the work after they've gone through self-study. So some people might not want to be, say, for example, you have a course on, uh, you're having troubles in your marriage. You don't want to broadcast to the world. You might not want to work through it in, in, publicly, but you'll consume the material then sit on it for a couple of weeks and then start shyly asking questions in a Facebook group. That's ideal for somebody who wants to do it at their own pace. And we can very often get our clients above that thousand dollar mark, but I recommend doubling it. If you, as the coach provide any one-on-one or group component. Um, and then, so we get our clients up to $2,500. Once you're above that 2,500 to $2,000 $2, mark, for group coaching, you're really into high ticket coaching space. So for our services, they do start at 10K for our mastermind clients and go up. And we're able to serve those people because we offer a lot more support on the back end. Um, but what we found then is um, you can ask for a lot more than you think if you build out this model where you never have to say no, there's always a price point that is accessible to your audience. Mm. And Yeah, it's just been working really well. As I said, we've been booked out. We're creating more of a cohort group for our clients called the mentorship. And that's really exciting for us. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it is, is meeting your client where they're at versus trying to make the, a forced decision. So you mentioned something that always is interesting, which is, you know, sometimes we use, have our own terminology, but you're using, and because your clients come a lot from the corporate space and the corporate space, we're very used to these lunch and learns, right? Where basically it's the one moment of the day that you should probably be taking for yourself, but you know, we've got to cram as much information in the day as possible. And sometimes the only opportunity to do something for ourselves is to eat lunch and learn at the same time. Um, But you do something that's way more engaging. That's not all about that energy, but all about, you know, learning more and you call them launch and learns. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about that? And I think that's probably what you want to lead people to who are listening today in terms of if they're having any curiosity about this, because this is that, you know, low ticket free access to be able to learn more about whether this model would be something that would work for them. 
Yeah, so we have a Facebook community. Um, Founders Path is the name of my company and it's because we're trying to help you go from, I have an idea all the way to a full-blown business. And one of the things that we noticed is uh, not everyone wants to become a CEO. What I love about the signature courses is that expert very often wants to stay a solopreneur. You want just enough of a team that you don't feel like you have to juggle everything by yourself, but you're not trying to build a corporation. You left corporate, you don't want to go to corporate again. So um, the launch and learn is a play on words. And um, what we noticed is that some of our experts are coming for, from corporate. So it's good to kind of carve out that window. So uh, Tuesdays, um, noon central standard time, that's when we kind of have our lunch and learns. And yes, I am in favor of at least taking your lunch break most days of the week and at least taking your weekends off uh, because that is the core value of our company. But if you want to join our Founders Path community and try one of our launch and learns, it's just a playful space where you can ask some questions. Because one of the things that we do want to support is helping you do those pre-sales. So if you're not confident and a lot of us jump into this world, we're like, I don't want to, I think it's egoic to be like, I'm an expert, I'm number one. You don't have to go out in the world and just claim the title. You can kind of join this um, supportive space where we'll guide you on how do you start pre-selling that course to your community, make sure that you have the right topic, make sure you have true and raving fans because I wouldn't recommend launching a course without them. And that does take time. So in order to nurture people to the point that they feel confident with that launch, we do have these launch online events. Oh, that's amazing. So where can people find that um, and, and register and, and see what this is all about? Well, so that's gonna be in the Founders Path community and it's just a growing community on Facebook where we have some light engagement every week. Fantastic. Um, so Kachina, I didn't tell you this before we recorded, but I always like to know. Um, so I'll make sure that I grab that Facebook link and I'll, that'll be in the show notes for you guys to go and check out. Is there, are there any other resources that you'd like to provide people in terms of being able to see, to learn more about you or anything like that? And how can they find out more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I think the launch and learn events are great if you're really on the fence and really trying to claim that title. But for those of you who are, know, like courses are the thing, and I can tell you courses are here to stay. We've gone online, we've gone virtual. These communities, they last. Um, what I recommend is to check out the Elevated Expert Mentorship. Um, we've just closed the doors on one of our cohorts, um, but we start those every six weeks so that we can go through the process together in community. So if you want to go a little deeper than what we have in the launch and learn events, I recommend checking that out. And there's a whole walkthrough of our kind of ladder of ascension for the elevated expert, because that's what I want you to become. Uh, we talk about how our clients very often come to us. They're exhausted. They're overbooked. They're overwhelmed. Uh, elevated means you're kind of at ease, full of inspiration, and you take life at its pace. You don't have to. What I like to say is um, you want to run your business instead of it running you. You know, we work so hard on our businesses, but remember we built it for a purpose and that purpose is very often, you know, long walks with the dog, you know, your hobbies, your family, really the quality things that matter most. And I think right now we're really craving that. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you said that courses are here to stay. They're never dead. <laughs> um, but it's a manner in which um, basically everything you talked about, which is what is the structure around the course, the course in and of itself and going on Thinkific, that's not the thing that's going to make you all of the revenues and the passive income that you're looking for. There needs to be strategy around it. And part of what you do is really support people in creating that strategy that supports them, that aligns to who they are. Um, any parting words um, for the listeners today? I would say 
trust that you can, you don't have to hustle hard. I think we've all been indoctrinated with this um, kind of this hustle and grind culture. And mm. even with passive income, we'll talk about it like nothing's truly passive. You have to put work in and that's where yeah. we really built our systems around how can you get that work done in a supportive community. But if you don't envision a future where you can relax and grow your business, you're going to be stuck in this, you know, always, you know, always posting on socials and always begging for the next lead. And the truth of the matter is if you can envision um, a future where your business works for you, you, you will get there. Uh, so I want you to give yourself permission that you can do less and earn more. Mm, yes. And it is, it's about being strategic and looking at where you're putting your effort in and leveraging the things that you're already putting effort into. I know a lot of experts are speaking, but they're not necessarily monetizing those efforts and there's the systems and processes. I mean, just all the happy things in business. <laughs> Um, Katrina, thank you so much for coming today. Everyone, make sure you check out the show notes. The links will be there for you to leverage. Um, and thank you again for coming on and sharing. Appreciate it. It was great talking to you.